But as you think about the core tire business and you look at the top brands, the top five brands, we own two of them. We dominate this industry with two amazing brands that are really founded in people and and stories that matter and purpose. And that's a it's a really great, you know, thing to wake up in the morning thinking. That is Elizabeth Lewis, the Director of Brand and Marketing Strategy for Bridgestone Americas, and she might be one of the small handful of people who is more passionate than me about sharing the stories behind who we are at Bridgestone and why we do what we do. Hi there, I'm Keith Cauley, and this is Thrive, a Bridgestone Americas podcast exploring our company through compelling conversations with teammates across our organization. There is great opportunity and great responsibility when it comes to working with highly visible, time-tested brands. We're lucky enough to have two of them with Bridgestone and Firestone, which serve as the top tier of what is truly a family of strong brands that span across our diverse businesses. We'll talk to Elizabeth about her experience helping better define what the Firestone brand represents to a global audience, as well as what the Bridgestone brand will be for future generations. But first, We start with Philip Dobbs, Chief Marketing Officer at Bridgestone Americas, who has been instrumental in guiding the strategy and investments that continue to strengthen our brands and evolve the way customers and consumers engage with them. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Well, we are joined by Philip Dobbs, who is the Chief Marketing Officer for Bridgestone Americas, a leader who has been very involved in the building of our brands uh, over the last decade plus, not just in the region, uh, but also globally. Uh, We're excited to talk to him about it. Philip, thanks for taking the time to join us on the podcast. Great to be here, Keith. Yeah, and I, I think we've spent a little bit of time through a lot of different activities, getting to know each other and getting to know a lot of history about both the Bridgestone and Firestone brands. But to start for our listeners, let's learn a little bit more about you and what was your career path and journey kind of at Bridgestone and then maybe coming to Bridgestone before. Sure. Well, it's uh, been a little bit of a long and winding road. I actually started <laughs> my career in the in the U.S. Navy and, and served on a destroyer. Then I got my MBA at Duke University, the Fuqua School of Business. Since then, though, I've uh, worked for a number of companies, primarily in marketing and general management positions. Uh, uh, worked at Kraft Foods, worked at H.J. Uh, Hines, uh, spent time at, at Pfizer. Uh, believe it or not, Pfizer's been in the news lately, of course, as we all know. But then uh, about 10 years ago, made my way to uh, Bridgestone when uh, the leadership was looking to establish a chief marketing officer position. And what I would tell you, Keith, and I've, I've told lots of people over the years, is uh, there's no perfect place to work, and I'm proud of the companies that I've been at, but it really doesn't get any better than Bridgestone. It's a great company, great products, great brands, uh, really proud to be here, and it, it's been uh, an honor and privilege to be here leading our, our marketing and BSAM and also playing a, an important role globally for the last 10 years. Yeah. You said you started in the Navy, went to business school. What was it about marketing kind of as a field, as a career to pursue that just resonated with you? And why was it just a fit for you to attack it? Well, at the time, key things were a little different. I, I went into brand management. And at the time, uh, there were a number of fast-moving consumer goods companies that were really focused on brand management. And Brand management not only came with marketing responsibilities, but it came with uh, 
the general management responsibilities, managing the P&L, managing usually the product portfolio of, of whatever brand it may be, whether it's Velveeta cheese or craft uh, grated Parmesan for just a couple of examples. And and so the, the marketing aspect certainly intrigued me, but the general management aspect of that also intrigued me as well. So you know, started my career uh, at Kraft Foods, which at the time was known as having one of the stronger brand management programs. So some great experiences there at Kraft, learned a lot about marketing, learned a lot about business, and then just continued to carry that forward into into other business situations and with other brands. And when you saw the opportunity to work at Bridgestone, obviously great products. And, and like some of these other brands that you've worked for, I think the experience that customers have when they use the products themselves, it, the, the experiences speak for themselves. But there's also the aspect of getting the brand connection out there for those who aren't using or haven't used the product as well. Were there seemingly big opportunities for you in that space when you came to Bridgestone and Firestone? Oh, absolutely. I mean, first of all, two really iconic brands, Bridgestone and Firestone, uh, they're very well known, not only in the industry, but beyond the industry as well. So I remember having the opportunity to start considering, you know, that Bridgestone as a company and understanding more as I researched the history of Bridgestone and Firestone, I got me even more excited. But I, I guess the other point I would make, Keith, is we talk a lot about a Bridgestone and Firestone, and, and they are great brands, two of the top four tire brands. But, you know, you think about the portfolio brands that we have whether it's Firestone Complete Auto Care or Tires Plus, or you think about Bandag, we have an incredible portfolio of brands that allow us to connect with consumers and allow us to quickly and effectively, in a way, communicate you know the value propositions that we were bringing to the marketplace. So again, honored and privileged to be able to work on not only Bridgestone and Firestone, but the entire portfolio of brands and the products that they represent in the marketplace. Yeah. And I guess to, to get into maybe then a little bit more of the, the tactical and the strategy around bringing those things to life and delivering on the, the brand's portfolio, it's seemingly very complex, right? When you kind of then map out, you've got the big power brands, but then you've also got a lot, lot of other brands in retail and in retread, like you've said. How do you go about a strategy to give each their own place and their voice, but also help build each of them along the way as part of the larger family together? I think the most important thing, if you have to start with, is what do you want to say? And I'll, I'll just use Firestone as an example because the reality is when I joined the company back in 2011, the company had not been really activating the Firestone brand in a major way in terms of connecting with consumers. So one of the first things we had to do was you know, understand what message is it that we wanted to get out there. Eventually, we landed on you know the brand persona of, of tough, durable, and dependable and we wanted to make sure that we had that position in the marketplace and ultimately we developed the drive a firestone campaign and and we activated that very strongly for for a number of years and it really connected and we saw really strong response in the marketplace you know one, one of the questions i get on a very regular basis is how do we track our success well, one of the major things we do is we measure things like brand awareness brand familiarity, purchase consideration. And when we activated the Firestone campaign, the Drive a Firestone campaign way back in 2012, we saw very strong responses, very strong increases in those key brand measures because we had the right message. 
you know, it was a powerful brand that had some latent equity in the marketplace and, and we had some good solid investments behind it. So it is complex. It's a complex formula. And that's just one example of, of activating with Firestone where we, we really had some real success. Yeah. You put uh, you put old Trace Adkins' voice on stuff. It makes it very memorable <laughs> as well, right? <laughs> you know, the, 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 the strategy is important, but the execution is important. And the consistency is important. And maybe I would point to Bridgestone on that. Before I arrived, we had some great commercials on Bridgestone and that they were known for running at the Super Bowl halftime. But I would say there wasn't a high level of, of maybe consistency there with the Bridgestone brand. Well, we moved into our Time to Perform campaign where we featured, you know, some celebrities. We featured some athletes and we featured the Bridgestone engineer. And we consistently executed that campaign over the course of about a six to eight year period. And we saw some very strong gains there. So your point around, you know, execution is that it, it really does matter. Yeah. And the the sports portfolio is something that was kind of, you know, specifically positioned and strategically chosen for Bridgestone, as you said. Can you talk a little bit about how that's evolved over the last decade plus and how, you know, it's an example, like you said, of the brand building investments and then that consistency as well? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, if we're going to talk about sports marketing, I've, I've got to st- first start with Firestone because <laughs> sure. of, of IndyCar. And, and, and really, Harvey Firestone was one of the first original sports marketers when he put Firestone tires on IndyCars way back in the early 1900s. And, of course, Keith, you know, as, as well as anyone, we've had uh, a, a lot of success over the years. We've been in and out of this uh, this series and most recently got back in in the early 90s at the behest of our now global CEO, Shu Ishibashi, who you know, f- felt it was a point of pride for us to be an IndyCar. So that that's a great example. And, and you know, we've really gone to the new level over the last couple of years, especially with Roger Penske buying the series and, and the Motor Speedway. So that's been important for us, and we've had a lot of success with Firestone and racing. But we also have, to your point, have a, a strong portfolio related to you know, the Bridgestone brand. So close to home, we have a uh, naming rights on the Bridgestone Arena, and we have a very strong relationship with the Nashville Predators. We have a relationship with uh, the Titans just, just across the river there from us and and they're good friends and neighbors and they're good partners and then we have you know some broader relationships we have uh, a long-standing relationship with the nfl that uh, we feel has served us very well and i would also point to the relationship we have with the pga we're both the official tire of the pga but we also have the long-standing relationship and the tournament up in uh, in akron you know it was the world golf classic for a number of years and now, recently, we've been the Senior Players Championship. And, Keith, it was great to spend some time up with you there. That was just a, a few weeks ago. And, you know, what great history, what great stories. And, and, and more importantly, it allows us to, to contribute to the community and it allows us to build the Bridgestone brand. So we have narrowed the portfolio over time. If, if you go back, at one point, we were, we were involved with Major League Baseball with Firestone. And there's some other things we've taken out of the portfolio just to sharpen our focus over time. And we will continue to make the best possible decisions for the brands and the business going forward. 
Yeah. And I know uh, one of the recent announcements that uh, came out p- pertaining to your role at Bridgestone is uh, maybe a much deserved and, and earned retirement coming up. And so when you said you were excited to become CMO, they were looking to create that position. As you look back, do you see that you've achieved the objectives that you set out when you first started? Or maybe how did your objectives evolve as you learned more about the company through that ride, right? <laughs> Well, yeah, that's a great question, and I could I could go on for for a long time. But but for, for, first of all, I'll say it, it's been phenomenal. I mean, the change that we've gone through as a company over the last ten years has, has been absolutely incredible. And I would say that I've seen significant progress in all aspects of overall business. You know, our product lines are stronger, and and the work that I've done, we've done as an organization across products is is incredibly important. Uh, and I've seen a lot of progress there. I, I think about the progress we've made in the digital space and connecting more digitally with consumers and offer offering shopping and buying solutions in the digital space has been incredibly important. And we've made a lot of progress there. Uh, when I think about, to your point, the brands and the, and the progress we've made, not only on Bridgestone and Firestone, but the other brands I mentioned earlier, whether it's Firestone Complete Auto Care or Tires Plus or Bandag, you know, uh, we've made progress on almost all those fronts, but, you know, you're never done. There's always another challenge. There's always another competitive threat. And uh, the world around us is, is changing at a faster and faster rate. So, you know, I, I think maybe, Keith, I would dare to say maybe we've accomplished more than I thought we could when I first joined the organization. But But as I sit here, on the cusp of retirement, I'm realizing there's so much more to do, uh, and it it's it's just incredibly exciting. And you know, what's most important is we have a team in place that that is is ready to take on the next set of challenges. Well, and it it's kind of speaks to just the pure strength of those power brands we have. When you think about Firestone going back 120 years, Bridgestone going back 90 years, and now positioning themselves for the future in kind of the, the new vision, right, around sustainable solutions and kind of this global rebrand, so to speak, Um there's challenges there, but that to your point, to have the vision and the team to to make those shifts. Um, I mean, you're you're kind of stepping back now at a time where there's a whole new direction moving forward. I guess what is you've been involved in that? What's been the experience of pointing the future of Bridgestone over the last couple of months? It's been really exciting. You, you know, obviously Apollo came in. I guess now about 18 months ago, and. Uh, you know, as we were really starting to go much more quickly and much more significantly into the solution space, I had had a chance to work with Paulo previously when he was CEO in EMEA and, and really had a, had a lot of respect for Paulo, and, and it's been great working with him. Uh, I think he realized, you know, a little bit of what was ahead of us. And so one of the things uh, he challenged uh, me with, as well as other members of the marketing communications team, was to help us frame up this North Star vision that you've heard a lot about. So it's been incredibly rewarding to be part of that and to help craft the North Star vision. But what's more important is all the work that's going on at the business unit level, at the functional level to make the North Star vision come to life. And we really do see it coming to life. And it's all around becoming a sustainable solutions provider. And again, you go back 10 years, that's that's not something that was really uh, an area of focus for us. So it's been a dramatic change. We've seen dramatic progress. 
Uh, but as I said, you know, the, the job is never done, and we, we've, we've got a lot more to do. But we've got a great team in place across uh, not only marketing, but the other functional areas as well as the other business units. So, so, so many opportunities that we'll be able to go pursue together as we move forward. Well, certainly a lot of examples and and fingerprints from you over the last uh, decade or so that have pointed us in this direction, and we'll continue to see it uh, kind of come to life as we move forward. But Philip, thanks for taking a few minutes to reflect on on some of these efforts, and uh, congratulations and and much deserved on your upcoming retirement. Thanks, Keith. I really appreciate it. It, It's been incredible. It's a great company with a a great history and a great future, and uh, could not be more proud of what uh, I've been able to contribute and what the marketing team has been able to contribute and could not be more excited for what the future holds. And I look forward to staying connected and, and hearing about all the great things we're going to be doing in the upcoming weeks, months, and years. There you go. No escape. We'll always be close by. <laughs> Thanks, Keith. As noted, Philip recently announced that he'll be retiring in October of 2021, though no doubt the impact of his leadership and his efforts to build our brands will continue to carry into the future. Because as he's been helping guide our marketing vision from the top down, a group of passionate Bridgestone and Firestone ambassadors, including Elizabeth Lewis, have been working to execute his strategy from the ground up across our businesses and borders. Giving customers a reason to care about your brand and a reason to buy your products is a pretty tough combination to beat. And like many, Elizabeth believes we can definitely offer both. Let's dive in. Well, we are joined by Elizabeth Lewis, who is the Director of Brand and Marketing Strategy for Bridgestone Americas, more affectionately known to her colleagues and friends uh, simply by the first letter E. And she is going to share with us a little bit of her perspective and her experience helping build and share our brand stories uh, for both Bridgestone and Firestone. E, thanks for joining us. So happy to be here. Yeah. And we're going to dive into a couple of different uh, areas of your path and your journey because you have had some experiences overseas and really from the ground up at the foundational aspects of who Bridgestone and Firestone are and what they represent. But I think to start, what did you see or think about Bridgestone and Firestone when you started with the company? What was your base point for, I mean, maybe the journey we're about to explore here moving forward? I think my journey is very similar to the journey that many of our customers and consumers have every day. You think, yeah, Bridgestone, a tire company, long pause, right? It's, (laughs) and I think that's the importance of what we're going to talk about today too with brands, because once you get to know the stories, once you understand the people, the foundations, the vision of a company, that's what really makes it something that's profound and something you're excited about, you know, waking up and working for every day. So obviously I thought very lowly of our brands (laughs) when I came in. I didn't know anything. I had no point of reference. And I think that's the beauty of brands and their importance in our business is that they provide that reason, that why that's so important to our success. And you started, it was in communications, I believe, and then have now moved through a little bit into marketing. So you've seen kind of the brand story 
telling from a couple of different sides, but how have you seen maybe, you know, I guess the Bridgestone brand, let's, let's focus there. And then also Firestone we want to talk about, but like even just the Bridgestone brand, what has been your evolution to, you said you came in with very little knowledge, you start working, but then I'm sure even as you've started working on it, the brand itself has changed both internally and externally from what you've learned about it over the years. Absolutely. And I am going to cheat a little bit because I feel like we have to talk about Firestone a little bit before I can talk about Bridgestone, just because of the journeys we've taken with the brands. When when I came into the company, was in communications, as you noted, but then moved over into marketing a few years in. um, And we were just starting work on Firestone and you know, elevating that brand, defining that brand, its purpose, its values, and what it means. And it was the first time that had been done on a globally unified level. And there was so much excitement about it. It was an important moment in the company. It was an important moment for the brand that we were making sure that Firestone that contributes a significant amount of global OP every year, we had a unified way in which we were talking about it for the strength there. The number one question, though, when we were doing this global rollout and going to our different regions and talking with them about Firestone and this very clearly defined purpose and what it stands for and the brand values that we can all activate against was, when can we do this for Bridgestone? (laughs) There was certainly work done on Bridgestone, but branding, you'll find there is art and science to it as well. But there was some gaps in what we had stated as purpose, as what is important to the brand for Bridgestone um, that was kind of missing at the time. Certainly our, our mission, if you will, serving society with superior quality has remained the same since the start of time. But it's important that we do define those other attributes to the brand so it makes it meaningful to people. So to me, it was serving society with superior quality has always been at the core of Bridgestone, but it's just been so exciting and fulfilling over the past few years because of the work we've done to give it even deeper meaning, especially as we venture into this new era of our company with Bridgestone 3.0. Yeah, and, and to, to give a little perspective, I guess, to help people understand those dynamics, you said it like for Firestone and then for Bridgestone, they'd both been defined, but more Bridgestone coming out of Japan, Firestone coming out of the U.S. without like the global map, so to speak, for how how Firestone should be talked about in Europe and in India and places where it was maybe a little bit younger. What were the dynamics of how everything existed to that point that needed to be maybe not rectified, but just those bridges that need to be gapped to help people understand that landscape? That's something we do every day. It's a great point, Keith. I mean, when you talk about the Firestone brand, especially in the U.S., where the home of Firestone is the U.S., we talk about our brand values as being hardworking, time-tested, and uncompromising. Well, in some regions of the world, specifically um, when I spent time in Japan working there, one of my major projects was we were reintroducing the Firestone brand for the consumer tire market in India. And we're talking about these brand values and the vision, and we put them up on the board, and I asked people to say, which ones resonate, which ones do you have challenges with? And 
everyone in India said, hard working just doesn't make sense for us here. The value has very different and distinct meanings. In the U.S., we say hard working is something that we treasure and we celebrate. In India, they say, you don't need to work so hard. Like, why are you working so hard? That's not, that means you're not working smart. So it just, it, it didn't have the same meaning. So we really worked to understand, well, what's at the core of being hardworking in the U.S.? Well, it's about providing for people and it's being that reliable person for someone. But that same sentiment was true in India as well. It just didn't come through sweating. So it was a, it was a really interesting moment. And we do that on a daily basis as you think about each of our regions and how they're activating. And we use important teams like our Global Brand Committee to make sure we're continually having conversations, understanding how each other are activating our brands, making sure it's consistent, but at the same time relevant for each of our communities. And so you spent some time in Japan as well uh, on, on assignment there in Tokyo. Um, how long were you there? And then I think that was when you were working on Firestone Global Brand, if I'm correct. Yeah, that was just after we had completed the full global brand watch or gotcha. launch of Firestone. Yeah. So just under a year and a half, I was able to spend in Tokyo. And I'm from small town, Tennessee, uh, the mule <laughs> capital of the world um, that when I was there, I had 16,000 people. I had always sworn off big cities. Like I said constantly, I will never live in New York City. I'm not a city person. I would never live in a big city. And that's the world saying, um, we need your small mindedness to, to broaden a little bit. And so we're not sending you to New York. I'm sending you to Tokyo, the world's largest city. Um, an incredible experience, um, thrived there, would absolutely return. It just, it was one of the most incredible life-changing experiences. I would say, I don't know that small-mindedness is something I would use to describe <laughs> you and getting to know you. Yeah, I think a, a passion for the simple life is a, is a fair assessment. <laughs> Certainly. Um, but how did you, in working in Japan, then coming off the global Firestone brand, you know, build and launch, and then eventually now over the last couple of years been helping lead what was really the same project for Bridgestone? And what perspective did living in Japan give you on that particular project? It was one of my favorite things, I would say, about the brands that we are blessed truly to work with is that there's two incredible people behind both of the brands. And, you know, working for Bridgestone Americas, I had the good fortune through my career to spend a lot of time in Akron, um, you know, at Plant One when it was still the headquarters for, you know, the Akron Technical Center. And getting to know the people, getting to know the story, seeing the influence that Harvey Firestone had had in the community. And I just felt a huge amount of passion for that human and that brand because of it. And so I secretly would say, well, you know, Firestone is my favorite brand. When I went to Bridge or when I went to Tokyo, I had that same opportunity to learn so much about Ishibashi-san and our founder of the Bridgestone brand. And truly, Bridgestone is also a family name, as you know, Keith. I mean, it's Ishibashi is literally translated Stone Bridge, but it sounded a little bit better, Bridgestone. He was an early <laughs> admirer of Harvey Firestone and the work that he did here. So truly, we have two family names that are on our brands. And learning Ishibashi-san's story and, you know, very similar sentiment, dedication to his community, being able to go into the south of Japan and seeing his home in Kurume, seeing the original plants, seeing a community literally built by the Bridgestone 
corporation, the Bridgestone family, is just really remarkable. Um, and again, it gives you that fire in your belly and it gives you passion for continuing that legacy and the brands that these men felt so strongly about that they put their own names on, right? There, there's something that's very different about that. And that really, for me, when we started this project with Bridgestone and redefining for the first time, we have a corporate purpose, which is contributing to society's advancement. I mean, it's right there in our mission, but at the same time, it's part of our purpose now as well. You know, being in Japan helped me be able to be an advocate for that story that I sometimes is not readily seen because not many of us have the luxury or the privilege of getting to go to Japan. So it was just really an honor to be able to carry that story into the process as we started that journey with defining the Bridgestone brand identity. We've mentioned it with a, a couple of conversations on the podcast about the authenticity of these brands. And, I, you know, we're having a conversation with, you know, you and Philip on this episode around marketing. And I think certainly, look, I'm a public relations guy. And so I know PR marketing can sometimes get a bad spin because it feels forced or fake. And, you know, we're trying to spin something, if you will. But I think I have learned over my time here kind of a similar perspective that you just shared that there's authenticity behind the stories of what we say the brands are and represent and try to achieve. And now as we look at this new brand positioning around Bridgestone with, you know, solutions for your journey, a huge focus on sustainable solutions. And those things we're not doing because like sustainability and digitalization is in vogue. Innovation and sustainability have been up core of our company since, like you said, Firestone since Ishibashi-san, right? That's exactly it. Yeah, it's it's nice to work on a brand that it wasn't so much we had to create the brand identity model. Yeah. We had to discover it within ourselves. We had to look inward and bring it forward in a way that it can be activated against consistently by teams around the globe. And that's a privileged position to be in as a company. You know, you think about it, and certainly we are evolving into solutions, but as you think about the core tire business and you look at the top brands, the top five brands, we own two of them. We dominate this industry with two amazing brands that are really founded in people and and stories that matter and purpose. And that's a it's a really great, you know, thing to wake up in the morning thinking. Yeah. And I know you talked a little bit about your passion and where that fire in your belly comes from. And, you know, we people who've worked with you at Bridgestone, I think, can certainly uh, see that naturally come through. What are a couple of moments from your your career, your experiences uh, working with Bridgestone and Firestone that really stand out as maybe examples of, of that fuel, but also just uh, help you reflect on conversations like this that really uh, they leave a mark with you? Well, I'll certainly be adding today to this list. Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> um, seriously, though, podcasts, I mean, who would have thunk it that here we would be? That's part of the beauty of Bridgestone, too, is that, you know, in my 11-year tenure with the company, so much has changed and evolved for good, but certainly have had 
um, incredible experiences. My gosh, um, maybe one of my favorite stories um, or moments was working in the communications group at a, a customer event. Uh, Mario Andretti was was visiting. He had actually he had done something to his rotator cuff, so he was in a sling, and so he actually had to be picked up. You know, Mario likes to drive himself everywhere he goes. As I'm driving to pick him up at this little small town airport, I think in the middle of nowhere in Indiana. Um, I realize I'm about to drive Mario Andretti and <laughs> I kind of got clammy. I was like, okay. Um, nope. He'd already you know, sized you up. He two. already sized you up. Yep. Yeah. But <laughs> sitting in the front seat of the car, you know, dri- driving Mario Andretti, he's sitting in the front seat of the car. We're getting to a stoplight. It turns yellow. I'm like, I'm going to hurt his shoulder if I try and stop. So I gun it through the stoplight and Mario leans over and says, that's my girl. I will never forget that. (laughs) That is just an incredible moment. I'll never forget. Certainly being in Tokyo at the end of the Rio Olympics, right when they were starting to get excited about the Tokyo 2020 games and seeing a country come to life and being able to participate in activities, you know, with the, with our, uh, teammates in Japan and celebrating Team Bridgestone in Japan and and inviting a lot of dignitaries through the office and the very special cultural traditions to be a part of as part of those different events was really remarkable. You know, driving at the Bridgestone Winter Driving School. I grew up again in Tennessee. I know nothing about driving in ice and snow, but certainly feel like I can hold my own now. Uh, Again, the privileges and, and just the experiences have been incredible. Yeah. Well, we are really excited to probably bring you back and explore more about the mule capital of the world is, I think, uh, an episode for the future. It deserves its own full episode. Absolutely. I I do not (laughs) think we can do it service in just a few minutes, but uh, I do want, for for a plug, where is the mule capital of the world, E? Columbia, Tennessee, just south of Nashville. Um, First weekend in April, you should venture down there for some good family fun. Yeah. And it's just down the road from, I think, Springfield is the walking horse capital. Is that correct? Spring so, Hill. I don't know Spring about Hill. the walking horse. Shelbyville. Okay. They have Shelbyville. The that's correct. Yes. Another one. So a good, if you're, if you're into mules and walking horses, you take a trip to middle Tennessee and, and E will show you the sites and we'll get you <laughs> caught up. So, well, it, thank you so much E for taking some time to share your perspective and your passion. We hope it helps to paint a little bit of a picture for people about where the, the story that we try to communicate about the brands come from and why it's so important to have everybody speaking the same way and, and delivering that same message. So thank you so much. It's really been my pleasure. Thanks, Keith. As the world around us continues to evolve, we've seen that our company will continue to evolve with it. But that does not mean we need to reinvent who we are and why we do what we do. Our founding principles and humble beginnings still guide our Bridgestone and Firestone brand efforts today, inspiring a new generation of ambassadors like you who will help us move the world ahead. If you want to learn more about Bridgestone or revisit some of our previous conversations, remember you can find all of our episodes wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Just search for Thrive Bridgestone in your platform of choice. Also, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave us a review. And you can always reach out to us directly and ask a question or offer an idea for future episodes via email at thrivepodcast at bfusa.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Keith Colley, telling you to keep on keeping on. And remember that at Bridgestone, today, tomorrow, together, we thrive.
Be good, everybody. 